You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The end of an era in Philadelphia Flyers history. Claude Giroux moves on to the Florida Panthers. Let's figure it out right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 109 of Orange and Backcheck and... Justin Braun. I mean, I got to tell you, I think we get a second round pick for him, Scott. Uh, you know, who knows? No, uh, this is uh, very possible. Emotional- What's that? It's, it's possible. very possible. Um, this is uh, an emotional day, I think, for Flyers fans. Um, Claude Drew, the 19th captain in Flyers history, the longest tenured captain in Philadelphia Flyers history, um, has moved on. He is on his way to the Florida Panthers. Owen Tippett. And a couple of uh, draft picks are headed to the Flyers way uh, to help rebuild this thing. Uh, Connor Bunneman and Rubstoff as well, the prospect in the Flyers system, are also on their way to the Panthers. Um, initial thoughts when you saw this trade break uh, between Emily Kaplan of ESPN, Elliot Friedman, and and obviously a, a whole bunch of others as, as this was breaking about 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock late last night. Anthony Sanfilippo had a lot of details as well and regarding yep. the, up the day before, which is which is really good as well. So yep. kudos to all of them to, to getting this broken. Um, Bill, I look at this and say, you know what? What do you think? What do you think from your perspective? How did this turn out? I think it's very disappointing in the fans' perspective, like, like how I saw it initially. Um, I really think that because it's Claude we're talking about. I mean, he's top 10 in every major category uh, for the Flyers, except I think maybe some random one of uh, total assists on the power play. I, I don't, but either way, I, I think when you have a guy that is a top 10 in your franchise history, you anticipate the world for him. Uh, whether he is a an unrestricted free agent like he is at the end of this season, or if he has more tenure on that contract. Um, so I I was a little, Owen Tippett doesn't do much for me, um, because he feels like a, well, if you get him right, then he becomes a prospect. But I feel like we've been saying that line for a long time. Like if we get, if we get TK, the right pieces, he'll be a, a top tier goal scorer for the, for the next, uh, 10 years. If we get Ivan Provorov, another Matt Niskin, and we will get him to that level of being a number one defenseman for years to come. And those are two players that we're now going to be seeing potentially traded 
in at the deadline or in this coming off season. So Owen Tippett's one of those guys that like he's a winger, he's a strong, he's a power forward, but and he's young. He came from the Nolan Patrick draft. I, he's Wade Allison, but younger. I think I don't even I, like. I, don't I agree with that at all. Actually, I, I think he's a power forward that potentially could get you some some grit and some goal scoring down the line. But like, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things where I think you needed more, but because of the situation, Fletcher couldn't do much with it. So Owen Tippett's the guy now. No, I I don't think that he's just a standard power forward. If you're thinking power forward like JVR, he's not that at all. I mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I think that he does a problem of not doesn't have a problem of going to the net and getting in the nitty gritty areas and getting dirty. But he's a good skater. He has a lot of good acceleration. And the thing is with this team is that he's he's going to be one of the best skaters right off the bat because this team doesn't have great speed. So yeah. he'll already be if and he has a really good shot. I mean. You know, it's the release of a shot that really fools a goaltender, and he can score a lot of goals just based upon how quick his release is. So the fact that people are looking at this and saying, oh, we traded Claude Giroux for who? Um, you don't realize that there's you brought in a guy who's just going to shoot the first mentality like Cam Atkinson, and that's what you need. You have a guy yeah. that came in with more speed. Um, and that's what people need to start understanding is that that was a massive need for this team to get faster to get guys who can shoot, and they got that in this deal. And I think that that's exactly fair for a, a fair value for uh, a pending unrestricted free agent uh, who's 34 years old. Uh, so let's 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 take away the emotion and let's really break down of why this deal happened in the first place. Um, look, everybody's going to get emotional because it's Claude. He's been here yep. and a lot of there's a whole generation of fans that only know Claude Giroux, which is I, I, I would classify myself as one of those guys. Like, obviously, I know the Richard stuff, the push in the 2010 playoffs, but that was Claude. I mean, outside I, I've said it before on this podcast. I am a post 0607 lockout fan yeah. of, of the league. Like that's yeah. when I really started to pay attention. Of course, I know the years of 97 and 04 and and, 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 and that. But like. Oh, oh, eight, oh, nine. When Claude stepped into the league in February, that's that's me. That's when I started paying attention to this to this to this team really intently. So that speaks directly to me that Claude is the Flyers. And now there's a gap there for a lot of us fans. And that's that's a weird feeling for sure. Listen, I I get it. And maybe because I'm a bit older that I understand why I was watching hockey at a younger age. I, I was I Lindros was that for me. Sure. So like when Lindros was traded, it was that was a big deal. It's like, whoa, they're really moving in a different direction. When they traded Rod Brindamore for uh, for Keith Primo, that was a huge shift at the time. Like people don't realize that that was a big deal. Um, you know, I, I have seen this. So when I when I look at this Giroud trade and people freaking out that they didn't get the value for him, like I thought they got excellent value for him. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is why. You you also let's 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 factor in a couple of things here, so bear with me. I, I'll try not to to ramble and rant here, but I'll I'll try to be as succinct as possible. In the Giroux trade, you traded a 34 year old unrestricted pending unrestricted free agent. Yes, he was the best player on a bad team. He's one. He's he's one. He's a Flyers icon. Only second to Bobby Clark. Only other player to be able to play a thousand games in the same uniform. 
the reason why that ceremony the other night was so outstanding was because you knew it was his last game. He game 1001, as we talked about before on a pregame show, game 1001 is going to be in a different uniform. The fact that we got to see Claude here for a thousand games is absolutely incredible. He'll be one of the franchise icons and people, uh, the, the players that go down in history here. However, let's take the emotion out of it and let's look at the facts. Okay, Florida is a team that's already stacked to begin with. So and they didn't really need to give anything to the Flyers to make this happen. They they had all the they they've already used a lot of their bullets in the chamber. They traded a first for Ben Sherat. Aaronek Black got hurt the other night. Looks like he won't be out that long, which is good news for them. But they didn't have to go get Claude Giroux because they're already tearing it up and have a really good chance of winning Stanley Cup this year. Secondly, okay, Claude had a no movement clause. He got to pick where he wanted to go. There are people out there ripping the hell out of Claude Giroux, but his hands were tied. And let's be honest here. Claude doesn't know the Flyers anything. Yes, Colorado, apparently from what's out there, put up a better offer. But that doesn't mean that Claude has to go there. He had to have to waive his no movement clause to be able to do that. You also realize that that Florida was aware of this and aren't going to bid against themselves for an unrestricted free agent that's 34 years old and a team that's already deep enough to begin with where Claude is not even close to being the best player on that roster. You also asked the, they asked the Flyers to hold on to 50% of his salary. In return for that, instead of giving up assets, the Flyers were able to dump two contracts and two prospects who weren't really going to play in this organization. Connor Bunneman and Connor Bunneman and, and German Rupsov, a great first-round pick by Ron Hextall. It's going to say, yeah. yeah. Well, what was Rupsov taking? 2016, I believe, one of his yeah. first drafts. Oh, yeah, 2015, 2016. It's yeah. been, been some time. And then they flipped the fifth in 2024 to, to round out the assets here. The Flyers get a premier prospect, a top 10 pick from 2017, who's 23 years old, who's rounding out his defensive game, who, yes, he wasn't one of the best players on Florida's roster. That's because Florida's already stacked really good players. Yep. You kind of get lost in the shuffle. And when you start seeing this kid, you'll come around and turn around and start to like him, especially when you start shooting the puck. You got a first round pick in 2024. Think of it this way. Florida that had is no top 10 of, protected. Yes, it's top 10 protected. And, and here's the caveat why. Because Florida now does not have a first-round pick until 2025. And for some reason, if they just suddenly tank and then they go into a top 10 role in, in, in uh, what's it, 2024, it'll flip to automatically a first round in 2025. So if it's top 10 in 2024, chances are to be top 10 in 2025. Okay? You're, you're talking a couple years out here, but that'll be huge. And then you get a third in 2023. Okay, a third round pick in 2023 in one of the deepest drafts that will be happening in NHL history, according to according to scouts. So you got already a first round pick. You got a first round upcoming pick because you got a first round pick in Owen Tippett, essentially a first round pick in in 2024 or 2025. And then you got another third rounder in 2023 in one of the deepest drafts there is for a guy who's 34 years old. And is not going to be the best player on that team, and is a pending unrestricted free agent, and also the fact that they didn't, he didn't want to go anywhere else. He owes yep. nothing to the Flyers. Yeah, so yeah. that that's key to people to remember that you have to put all the pieces of the puzzle <clears throat> together before you can say, "Oh, poor on Chuck Fletcher." It, this 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 is the best deal you could get, honestly. If you only have one game player to play with, it's like going to a used car lot. There's only one car on a lot, like. 
You know, that's the deal is there's only one thing available that you can get. You can't afford whatever a Lincoln. You're going to have to go get a freaking um, Nissan Versa. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Like, I do agree with you, of course, that he owes this franchise absolutely nothing. Like the people that were like, well, if he really, truly cared about this franchise or loved this franchise, he would have opened it up to create a bidding war talking about Colorado or Calgary, like just to name some random teams like that is that notion is just insane to me, because if you if you break it down to simple terms, like think of you and I leaving our current position job for a new job and saying, you know what? Because uh, I, I've been here for so long at this current company, I'm going to be the courteous and I, I, I'm not going to I'm going to make sure that I can give you as much praise as possible, as much of a, a retention and retal- salary or whatever it may be like it is a it is absolutely insane to me that Claude has to give anything more than he already has to a company, let's call it a company in the Philadelphia Flyers more than anybody else. And to say you didn't do enough because you had, you should have gone to X company in Colorado or X company in in Calgary or X company in New York. Like it is insane to me that we have to tell Claude after all of that to say, no, you didn't do enough for this franchise after that, because you didn't give us the value that we did. Look, I don't think you got the value you could have gotten with Claude. I will admit that. However, you I can't complain much because it was Claude's right to say, I don't want to go to Colorado. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go to Boston. I don't want to go in a situation where you're playing uh, playing for two of your biggest rivals for your entire career in Boston and New York. And I also don't want to go to Colorado because that's far away from my family because Ryan and the kids are staying here. Probably. Right. Right. They'll end up in Florida eventually, maybe. But again. They might not because there's a chance Claude Giroux is back in Flyers Orange and Black Correct. for this season. Let's now, look, forget that uh, for next season, I should say. I I don't have a problem with the trade happening because it had to happen. We've been saying that for weeks now, for months. What I just don't know, I have a problem with, again, the what-if scenario of Owen Tippett. What if Owen Tippett becomes the defensive forward that you want and the goal scorer that you want if you, becomes- you don't you don't want another defensive forward you have too many problems no, with those guys i know but we're, but, we're, but we're also waiting for owen tippett's defensive game to round out you said that yourself just a minute ago yes but i'm saying is that is that the most important thing danny brander had his, his defensive True. game round out like you you, Look, you need more offense obviously that's the problem yes. here. you need to make up those points owen tippett's the best way to get that to get there and yeah he, and look, look let's not forget something here this is this is what people are forgetting all right. They could have gotten nothing for Claude Giroux. Yes. And yes. people don't understand it. They're saying, if you're going to trade him away, he had the option not to go. He could have said, no, I'm not going to waive my no trade clause. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with this franchise because I like it here. And yeah. then you could have not signed him in the offseason. And guess what? You could have gotten nothing. You could have gotten nothing. And I, and I, I, I'm blown away by how blind people are on this trade. Like, well, everybody's hating it. Everybody's here's what I will say. They're hating it. Maybe it got nothing. Maybe it's not the fact that it's Owen Tippett that's on the franchise. I think it was also the the year of that first round pick. If that first round pick is 2022. Now, again, Florida had no choice because they give it. They gave up their first round picks 
already in previous trades. But if that trade for Claude Drew included a 2022 or even a 2023 first round pick, I think people can wrap their heads around it a little bit better because it's more recent because we're talking about another pick. That's not until it's not two, it's two years from now. We're talking about a 2024 first round pick. So for a team and an owner or governor, whatever the hell we're calling him in Dave Scott, that said just a couple of months ago, we don't see this being a rebuild uh, that will last five years, six years, whatever, whatever the exact phrasing was. But then we're talking about a first round pick that let's be honest and say Florida is going to be a contender a playoff contender, maybe not a Stanley Cup contender, but they will be a playoff contender for years to come. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a middle of the road, maybe at best 15, worst 32, uh, first round pick in 2024. So that is a prospect that you're taking a chance on. That's most prospects at the end. And you're also potentially not talking about this guy playing until 2026. So that's what I think that's what is nerve wracking for a lot of Flyers fans, because we're talking about a first round pick that might not be in this lineup until 2026. Okay, you you see my face right now? Yeah, I do. It's face I'm making. Um, This is what people don't understand about the hockey business. Uh, How do you how do you move up? In a draft. Well, sure. You you unload picks. Okay. There you go. Okay. 2023 is going to be a very, very, very good draft class. Okay. What's the opportunity for the Flyers to flip that 2024 into a 2023? Probably well, a hope. But, but again, if we're talking about, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. If I understand that. If but we're, you're, you're, if we're not looking at the whole picture. But if we're talking about a draft class in 2023 that is going to be deep as it is being reportedly, why would, like, draft picks happen all the time. I get, or trade moves all that happen all the time. But if we're talking about a stash and dash scenario or draft and dash scenario, like you just grab a guy, you hold him onto him, you keep him in juniors, you keep him in your AHL until you find that slot for him to open up into the NHL. Why would I be enticed to move on from picks or move on from prospects in that 2023 draft? Because it allows you to aggressively retool like Mm -hmm. like they want to do. And that's that's what people don't see is that, oh, my God, like it's 2024, not 2023. Okay, well, Florida doesn't have a first round pick for three years and they gave up. They gave up this year's first round pick for Sam Reinhart. They they gave up next year's to 2023 first round pick for Ben Sherratt, first of all, a defenseman. Okay, and then they gave up a 2024 first, which can be conditionally a 25 if if depending on what happens with Claude Giroux. So. They they have really they're really in win now mode and shot themselves in the foot for a long time and really gonna have to move some assets if they want to move up and get into a draft. You can also look at this and say, you know what, 2023 is deep. Let's worry about that next year. We have another asset here. We decide to either flip it for another player in that draft. We decide to flip it for a um a, a to move up in next year's draft or however we want to do this here. It gives them more flexibility. At the end of the day, you could have gotten nothing for a guy who's going to be a free agent 
And really, yeah. it could be it's a rental for Florida for 20, day, uh, 20 games, and you got a first round pick. And, and let's 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 20 run. games plus playoffs because you yeah. like you said, they're going all in. Correct. And and you retained half the salary able to un, instead of getting an asset back, you unloaded two contracts. So it gives you more flexibility to do more things at the deadline. Like people aren't seeing the whole pick. They're just saying, oh, my God, we cleared, traded Claude. Giroux right. Because what? Claude Giroux was supposed to be the centerpiece for any movement center. And, and yes, you created cap space and, and, and movement to do other moves. But those other moves are not going to be as uh, exciting for the fans. Who cares? As, as it makes the but, team better. It can make, but the it team might better. not. It might not. You're trying. Claude to Giroux was supposed to be the guy that got you the most amount of prospects and assets to improve the team, and and you did. You got the maximum amount of assets you could get for the one place he wanted to go. Yeah. And he did not have to go. That's what I'm saying is that people are complaining that they traded Claude Giroux. Well, guess what? They could have not traded Claude Giroux, and then they could have gotten nothing for him in the offseason if he decided to walk. And what would be worse? What would be worse? What oh, would of fans course. be yeah. bitching yeah. about more? Maybe yeah. bitching more about, he should have traded Claude Giroux. Well, Claude had a choice because he had a no-movement clause in his contract. Now, you know, I, I think about that, too. Like, if, if, if Claude had not gone then we really would have seen the hero turn into the villain. Correct. He probably wouldn't have resigned in the offseason. And yeah. I, not from his perspective. I'm, I'm wondering if the Flyers were even going to be wanting to resign him in the first place in the offseason. Yeah, we've speculated because. that because again, yeah, they want to move. I, I think they need they need a, they need to move forward here. And I think they need to retool in a way where they need to rebrand and everything. And that 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 includes Claude Giroux. And Look, people want to people want to complain about the value and everything like that. Yep. Let's talk about probably the biggest deal that happened the other day, and that's the Brandon Hagel trade to to uh, to Tampa. Okay, Tampa gave up two firsts basically for. Let me have to look up the full details. So they gave up a couple of process, um, but Brandon Hagel's a, a good young player. Now he's a mid round pick. He was a 159th overall in 2016 by the Sabers, but. Here's the here's the haul that that wound up happening is that they traded two prospects, two 23 award Boris Kachuk and and Taylor Radish. They traded him because I believe he played they um they played with a couple guys he, uh, over in um in Chicago. But they also they traded they traded a 2023 first round pick and their 2024 first round pick for Brandon Hagel. That's a Tampa day. So Tampa's in the same boat as as Florida is where they're giving up assets. And people look at that and say, wow, Brandon Hagel got two first-round picks. They, why didn't the Flyers get more for Claude Giroux? Let's look at the details. Brandon Hagel is on a very team-friendly contract, okay? He's at $1.5 million for the next two seasons. So he's really a $1.5 for a guy who's a 20-goal scorer, and he's 23 years old. So let's look at the details of why that had so much value. Term, okay, two years left on his deal. The value, a 20-goal score of $1.5 million in the NHL is ridiculously low. So Brandon Hagel's already outperforming his contract. And three, the fact that, listen, the, the, he's 23 years old. The Hawks didn't have to move on from him, but they decided to because, again, he brought more value in a trade by getting two first-round picks. Let's look at the flyer situation with Claude Giroux. Now, Brandon Hagel did not have a mo no movement clause. That the, yep. the Hawks could have tra traded him anywhere, and which is probably why the price got high because there was a bidding war because Brandon Hagel is a good young player. Claude Giroux is thirty four years old. Regardless of what happens, people don't realize he is on the backside of his career. 
Claude Giroux also had a no movement clause and had every control about where he wanted to go. Claude Giroux also is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Okay. And also a team had to hold salary in the deal because his cap hit is so high that a team had to retain salary for a team to get under the cap because it's done on a daily basis. All those factors change the value of a deal. A 20 goal scorer that's 23 years old on a one and a half million dollar contract has a hell of a lot more value than a 34 year old who's an unrestricted free agent and also had a no movement clause in the deal and had every chance to go. So when you look at these two things, people have to look at the whole picture of how the business works the NHL. A team is not going to give you the world just because he's your favorite player or he's yep. your franchise icon. A team's going to do what's best for them. Florida didn't need Claude Giroux. At the end of the day, they're the best team in the league for the most part. They didn't need Claude Giroux. And now they got the best player on a bad team, essentially, that they can put in on their top nine. Okay, the Flyers were using him as a top center because of the injuries they've had, or the top or the top line winger. He's he's gonna probably play with Alexander Barkov, or probably play on the second or third line. He's gonna play with Barkov. Insane, yeah, that's that's great for him. It is because now he's in a reduced role where you add that skill set. There, Florida is so deep that if they don't win it this year, they're they're gonna have some problems down the line. They're all in, so. That's that's people don't realize that some of these things happen. Like Hampus Lindholm, like Hampus Lindholm got a two. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what's it called a twenty twenty two first, a twenty twenty three second, and a twenty twenty four fourth from Boston, and prospects included. But he's likely going to resign that deal. He's also twenty eight years old and a defenseman. Yes, mm-hmm. he's a UFA at the end of the year, but he'll likely resign the deal. And that's probably already talked about and discussed, just not announced yet. So. And, the, and Boston really is in trouble because they're traded away all their prospects. They don't really have anything left in the, in the cabinet. So they're going to be they're going to be problematic in the next couple of years here when Bergeron retires or Marchand gets a little bit older. They don't have much thing there. And they're also going to trade Jake DeBrusque. But he's a defenseman and defensemen have a lot more value than a 34 year old winger or center, regardless of how good he's been throughout his career. It's about right now. I think that. Flyers fans really need to take a step back and look at this from the business perspective of the NHL. And while they might not like to do that, well, that's the reality of it, unfortunately. They, yeah. Again, you have to think of it this way. There's only one place he wanted to go. That's it. So it's up to him with that clause and he had in his contract. And at the end of the day, if you look at this, it's the opportunity where they could have gotten nothing. And if they had gotten nothing, you believe me, Chuck Fletcher's head would be on a pike. And that, and, and, yeah, and, I mean, and, you, on, the, on, the, on the Wells Fargo Center parking lot. And that's the thing. I mean, uh, we're putting our faith in a guy in Chuck Fletcher that has the respect of the league. I mean, you've heard reports that he's not the guy that just drums up a bidding war just to drum up a bidding war. He's going to drum it up when it actually naturally happens. It didn't happen here. And that's that's what sucks. And what a, a lot of Flyers fans, including myself at times, I think I'm becoming more accepting of what the circumstances were obviously especially hearing it from you like it's tough to wrap your head around your favorite player for the last 15 12 years and to say no that wasn't enough but again if Owen Tippett becomes a guy that is is an impactful player for the Flyers uh as early as today if you're listening to this the day we release it on Sunday there's a chance he plays this afternoon against the Islanders, according to COC, Charlie O'Connor. So, yeah. I, like, this is a guy that is that does have immediate impact in the sense of um, being on the team. I just, I don't, I, I can't have a missed, 
another you can't if I'm Chuck Fletcher too, obviously, you can't have another missed prospect because you just gave up two prospects. Well, one Rupstoff was the German uh, Rupstoff was obviously the prospect that was dumped in this, but you don't you're it's so unsure about guys like Morgan Frost, Tyson Forrester obviously is still an unknown because of his injury that's coming back. Like there are too many what ifs on this roster or uh, question marks on this roster. Now, again, we're not done yet. We're not done breaking down trades. There's going to be more by Monday at one o'clock. Maybe we'll have to do something on like Thursday or Friday, depending on what happens in the trades to break down what exactly is the plan here. Because now at the same time, what we, I don't think we've brought up is you're talking about a team that now has $9 million in cap space. You had, that is a, a lot in the yeah. NHL and especially in a flat cap world. Exactly. That value. That is a lot of value. There are a number of unrestricted free agents, not named Claude drew that you could get and bring back or bring into this system. And then, yeah, you're not rebuilding. You're not uh, waiting for that 2024 pick to uh, develop, to become a contender again, whatever it may be. You're a contender then and there for 2022, 2023, and beyond. Oh, is the plan sound, though, is the real question. And we, we won't know until the offseason. We won't we know because know. The, the framework of deals will happen now, like we did with the Ryan Ellis trade. Yep. This is, this is what I want everybody to take a grain of salt and think about for a second, okay? The, the season's been terrible. This is mirrored yeah. 06, 07. So this is strangely. worse than that, man. This is it, 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 it is, it is, but I still think there's enough tools in the cupboard for this team to start performing. When Couturier is healthy, I agree. when Hayes is healthy, when Ellis is healthy, if if, if Pro Rob, if he's here, can round out his game. If he's here, Ellis, I think he's gone. I, I, I do I, too. I think I, I think, do too. Like, okay, let, let's expand this out because I think we, we've touched on Giroux enough. I think we're both. Are you sure? I mean, we don't want to upset the fans and yeah, talk more about the value that he didn't listen, get instead I of am, getting nothing. I am up. I am upset about the value, but I'm content with with it because you had no choice. You literally had no choice. Agreed. Like I you, agreed. It, it, you can't force a peg into a round hole if the peg doesn't want to go. If like it's not going to happen. I like it's that. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. That well, is according basic. to according to Flyers fans, if you can't fit it, fit it, force it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, like, and th- that'll get you in trouble in a multitude of ways. Right. Right, exactly. So I like it's so it, yes, I'm not the most happy about it, but I will put up with it because you had no choice. And again, I'm not blaming Claude Giroux for that. He owes this franchise and fans zilch. He's number one. Uh, he's the top power play uh, points producer in franchise history. He's number two in games played. He's number two in assists. He's number two in points. He He's number eight in goals scored uh, above Eric Lindros. He yeah. owes this team nothing. Mm-hmm. His family owes this team nothing. The yes. culmination of that thousandth game was what meant, was why you he owes us Nothing. Hmm. Now, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, here we go. I need you to have the off season of your goddamn life because if you can't, you're, you're going to make more moves, like we've said. 
I think Justin Braun is an enticing prospect. Yep. He's getting some value. You might you might get some shocking value out of Justin Braun. Yeah, you might get a second or third round pick, honestly. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. For a guy like Justin Braun. Um the funny the other funniest thing, and this goes back this is in relation to the to the to the um Nashville game, that Claude's thousandth game. Phil Myers, after scoring his first goal of the season that night against his <laughs> former team, uh, has now played, I think, like 30 plus games or whatever it is, uh, and only has three points on the year, including a goal, something like that. Yeah. Ryan <laughs> Ellis, who has played four games, yep. four games for the <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers, has five points. You can't tell me the Flyers or Chuck gave up too much for Ryan Ellis when when Phil Myers. I, I'm assuming he cleared waivers. I was talking I, with James about that the other night at Highway. We're all sitting there laughing about it. Like, wait, what? Like, when we look up the numbers. We're like, you got to be kidding me! It's insane. I yeah. mean, I the I, I think that's the other. Like, listen, I'll say that I I always said we're going to move on from Claude Drew, but I'll I'll say one more thing because it's in relation to Ryan Ellis. This was never supposed to happen. This idea was of a shit season as bad as this one was never supposed to happen. Now, it's not Ryan Ellis's fault that his injury cost this team every waking thing. It was a multitude of it was a it was many facets. Claude Giroux was supposed to be the he might have broken Bobby Clark's record of games played. Yeah, he might have reached that point, depending on the contract after this season. He was supposed to be the captain and win a Stanley Cup with this team and only this team. Mm-hmm. But because of the Kevin Hayes injury, because of Morgan Frost uh, not becoming uh, a, a lesser prospect than we anticipated, because of Ryan Ellis getting hurt, because of Patrick Brown getting hurt, because of Derek Broussard getting hurt, because of everyone on the goddamn Flyers roster getting hurt. This went haywire to a degree that no one planned for. Right. So when plans go haywire, you make desperate moves. And that's what this yeah. is. Claude Giroux is a desperate move because you didn't want to do it. Right. You had no intention whatsoever of doing this. So Ryan Ellis, who has already proven in a span of four games, is better than the guy you traded him for in Phil Myers, who's now on waivers and could theoretically bring him back if you wanted because you're high on the waiver wire because your team is so shit. Like, this idea that Chuck Fletcher, I I, I just, I know I have hesitations about him, but he does have a plan, it seems. He's readjusting that plan. He's all of a sudden retooling, rebuilding, whatever phrasing you want to use. So you have to figure this out on what you think will Ryan Ellis be 100% come next season, come the offseason. Because Kevin Hayes, I'll tell you, Kevin Hayes looks like a whole new man right now. Yeah. He's playing healthy, very well. Looks good. Very looks healthy. Very good. Had a goal so the other that, night. And that is why I think this is a retool, not a rebuild. Correct. You have to get guys that are healthy back into this plan and into this system to be a contender. I'm not going to say you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender next year, but you should be a playoff contender again. You should have a quick turnaround based on the guys you have under contract, like Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes, who will be hopefully healthy, knock on wood. 
And you got Risto playing well, too. And you have Risto playing. And you have Sandheim well. for another year. And, and you have Carter Hart, who's played very yeah, well despite the, the mo- season. The most unsure thing leading into this season is now your most sure thing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. In Carter Hart. Yeah. So and he's, he's I, here for a couple other seasons and is restricted free agent after that. So I, 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 I look at this and say, that's what I'm saying is that I don't think this team is far off as people think. I just think it's they need not as far off as you think, but because it went so bad so quickly, that's why people have hesitation. Correct. And right. it's, but look, we saw it in 06, 07. They, re, they, they got rid of Forsberg. They got rid of all of these, pro, these players to revamp the system. And they, be, they, they turned it around very quickly. Correct. And I think that people, there's some people out there. But here's the difference. Is too far out. But I, I, I think they're, they're closer than people think. They might be. But here's the difference. Again, I said that this year is worse than 06, 07. And it is. But because of the turnaround you saw in 08, 09, it's because of one thing. You know what that one thing is, Scott? It wasn't the GM. It wasn't the players. Let me think. Hang on. Um, was it because of Justin Braun? No. Okay. I was wrong. Was it because of Matt Carl? Yeah. Let me tell you. Matt Carl saved the same Jeff franchise. Carter? Mike yep. Richards? Yep. It was because you had an owner who gave a shit. Yeah. Because Ed Snyder, God rest his soul, and my criticisms of him later of him later down in as his tenure, because Ed Snyder cared to the level that he did. You saw the turnaround happen as quickly. Now, Dave Scott claims, and all evidence does point that he is doing something to what he said, a blank check to Chuck Fletcher to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. You saw it in the scouting department expansion. Uh, Danny Briere is now your assistant to the GM or whatever his official title name is, whatever it is. Just call him assistant GM. Can assistant he to the GM, whatever it is. He's like the Dwight true to the <laughs> yeah, fly. Yes, yes exactly. Yep. And, and one, that's an insult to Danny Briere, but whatever. Right. Just call him an assistant GM. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. That sounds great now. But when the offseason happens and fans that are not as diehard as you and I turn their attention to the Phillies, turn their attention to the Union, turn their attention to the Eagles offseason, because that gets way more attention than any other offseason in sports. Will he look back and say, you know what? No one's paying attention to me. I'm not going to attention to us. I'm not going to I'm not going to worry about this. That's my concern, because Ed Snyder did not have that care in the world. He didn't care what the fans were paying attention to in the offseason because he knew come September, October, they were flocking back to the Wells Fargo Center and the Spectrum back in the day, time in and time out. That's my concern, that Dave Scott is going to pull back the reins a little bit in the offseason because of uh, the attention span in the offseason compared to the, the the regular season. That's my concern. I I I. I... I disagree. It's from that aspect. I see your point. Mm-hmm. I think that the Philadelphia fans are now in prove it to me mode. I think that, that it was oh, 100%. Really, they're yes. in prove it to me mode. I don't think that until this team starts really showing some progress on the ice is that you're going to start seeing the turnaround here. Um, and that, and the, I, I don't blame them. Like they've been, they've been mediocre for so long. They have not been Stanley cup contenders in over a decade. Um, yeah, it'll pretty much be a We're decade. right at it. I think, I think 20, I'd say 2012. Yeah, right. Yeah. Really, when the last time they, and then that's when they started going downhill. I, I, I think that, that the fans are in show me now mode. Show me, 
Show me. Prove it to me. Prove it to yeah. me. When, when you guys start proving it, that, and I think that the Flyers are really trying to do that, but I, I want people to understand this one caveat that it, they, they, they do need to understand. It does take two to tango. So yep. they, they could be trying to trade pieces with other teams, but, you know, Konechny might be a piece. Provorov might be a piece. They might retain them and keep them. But if a team isn't willing to take that or separate what's the value for them, on players where they don't have no movement clauses, no trade clauses, that's that's the case. I think that the Flyers really need to look at something where they have JVR under, uh, I think, for one more year. That might be valuable at the end of next season, that sort of thing. So you understand is that it, it, they? I think they're going to retool and they're going to really try to move some pieces around and really, really spark the club and really give it a new identity. But we won't know until the offseason. Framework of deals will happen now, but – yeah, going back to your point, I think that until it's proven, you're not going to get that one name. Maybe Johnny Gaudreau would be that name. I don't know. I think it would be enough to people to local thing to get it back. Yep. But you know, that's a lot of risk that you put in. It really it is for a lot of risk. So um, you have to look at this from a perspective of, look, it, what is this? Where, where does this team want to go from here? What deals do we want to do? What players do we want to move? And I think that all those conversations are happening now. This is step one. And now you have some players here. See what Tippett can do over the next 20 games with the team. See how he meshes. See how he can do on his own. And the next season come in, get the right coach. Let's not forget that. Like, look, like, no disrespect to Mike Yo. Yeah. I, I, I think this team is going to look because he's still interim. I don't know if he'll, they'll pull off the interim tag. They have improved slightly under him. They have improved defensively under they him. They have, but I, but I think I, it's I think one of those – yeah, and I think that fly. I think that Fletcher knows that. that I think Fletcher knows that they have to go outside the box here and go in a yeah. different route. They have to go find a guy who can develop these players and get them to where they need to be, you know. And I think that's what's going to wind up happening, um, you know. So we'll 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 see what winds up happening with it. But uh, I, there's 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 plenty of questions, and I don't blame Flyers fans for doing that. But right now, it's going to be until the Flyers start making some things to really start energizing the fan base. Like they try to do this season. It's going to be more of the same thing next season, as far as the fans. So um, take it with a grain of salt where if there isn't a whole lot of movement in the summer, um, we know why it's because another team didn't want to tangle. But I do think the Flyers are going to be picking up the phone and, and burn up a lot of minutes this, this, this off season. Um, before we go, have they announced what I'm assuming Claude will be 28 in Florida, right? No, he'll be 34. Oh he really? Go, but he doesn't go backwards in H. No, <laughs> you're, you're the worst. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. You and your dad jokes. <laughs> if he was 28 and all you got was Owen Tippett in a first round pick, I would. This. Oh my god, it'd be, be totally on- different. Fair. It'd be totally, totally different. Yeah, I don't think they've had announced on the. Uh, yeah, because on the NHL website or anything along those lines yet. I haven't seen any announcements for it. So. Yeah, because like I said, Coc Charlie O'Connor said that there's a chance that we'll see. Um. Tip it on the roster this tonight or this afternoon against the the Flyers or against the Islanders. So it's very possible because he was held out the past couple of games in the AHL. They knew he was the framework of the deal. He yeah, I mean, was. look again. My whole it's just one of those things where Tippett sounds like a great guy. He has a great uh, uh, projection uh, of what he could be. I just don't know if it's enough to get this this roster excited or get fans excited. Who cares? But again, if, if does, who cares? Who cares? I mean, honestly, from a perspective of a, of a team, who cares? Like yeah. that's what you got. That's what that's what you got to roll with. Looks like he's um, be wearing twenty eight. That's what his roster. It's what his jersey number says anyway. So okay. All right. So let, let's just 
let's close out with this because I want to end on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Favorite? What's your favorite? What what will what will you remember Claude for? I should ask. Not your favorite moment. But what what are you going to remember him for? Remember for. You know what? Is that despite all the years of let's be honest, mediocrity here. Yeah. Claude was one of those guys who always put the team on his back. Didn't say a lot, just did. And he went out there and he played with effort every single shift in every single game and wanted to do everything he can to get this team to win. I know that's kind of sounds kind of cliche, but he really emboldened what Philadelphia fans really love. And I see why it's so emotional for a lot of people. I get it because he didn't say much. He said all the right things, and he just went out there and played his ass off every single game. He never made excuses. He knew when he didn't have play a good game, he put the team on his back in time to say, you know, no, we are going to make the playoffs. We are going to do this. We are going to play better. We are going to get better. He he was what people in Philadelphia love, and that's a blue-collar player. It doesn't run his mouth and just comes in and just works and does a lot of things with the fans, and it was one with the fan base. Like, he just – he understood the fans. He did the little things with the – with that try to invoke himself into the community and be a part of it. And, you know, it, it's crazy kind of being around the same age as Claude and, and kind of watching him grow at the same time, watching him when he came into the yeah. league. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget this moment. They, he took a penalty in, in game two at the 09 quarterfinals against Pittsburgh. And it was an overtime and Billy Garen scored the overtime winner of Marty Vera. And I remember Claude coming out of the uh, out of the box almost in tears, slamming a stick on the ice. Couldn't believe that they lost the game. He took the penalty, he put it on it, and right there, like, yeah, you're pissed off in the moment, but you, you saw something special there. Like, and I remember that moment vividly because it's like I noticed something special. Like, that's a guy where he's not coming out of the box like, yeah, whatever. He's coming in the box like, shit. Like, I made that mistake. It cost my team the game. That's the passion. He wore the heart on his sleeve. He was everything that emboldened. Philadelphia and what Philadelphia fans love. And I, and that's what I always appreciate is that, you know, he's an, he's an adopted son here. Like he really is. Yeah. Like he just, he just, he did everything he could. He had some magical moments, you know, the game three overtime winner against Chicago in 2010, the shift against Boston in 2010 in game seven, the shift against Pittsburgh in 2012, you know, coming back and driving back to flyers in 2013 from a three goal deficit in the third to win five to four. They just, he just, he did everything he could to embolden this team when he didn't really have the best talent around him or a talent that he did have around him was underperforming. And he just never complained. He never said anything about it. He just played his game. And I, I think that's what I always love about Claude Giroux is that he, he really was just a Philly guy. He just came out to be a Philly guy. You know, he's, he's a core feature of a fan base that doesn't know Lynn Joss that didn't know yeah, you know, the 0304 team and how close they came. He didn't know the 99 2000 team that was up 3 1 on the Devils and, and, and blew it. A lot of fans don't know. They know Claude Giroux. You know, some people probably don't even remember too much of Carter and Richards and how much of core they were here for a couple of years. They remember Claude. And he'll always be remembered for that. And to, to be right next to Bobby Clark and games played for one franchise, especially a franchise like this, 1,000 games, only two players have ever done it in orange or black. Certainly will be a Hall of Famer. Certainly will be in the Flyers Hall of Fame and, and the NHL Hall of Fame. And 
will always be remembered by fans that are younger, your age, my age, and always be a core part of Flyers' memories going forward. Yes, he didn't win a cup, but they'll never forget how good of a player Claude was and everything he did for this city. Yeah, I mean, that I can't say that any better. Like, that that's exactly what he is. So I'm just going to say... And I, I hope he listens to it. It'd be amazing if he listened to this. Just thank you, Claude. Yeah. Like, thank you. thank you for putting everything that you ever could have put into this franchise. They, and not to get into the, the, to the negative, but what this team and franchise did to you was a disservice to what you gave back to them. First, second in play, games played. Eighth in goals scored. Second in assists. First in power play assists career wide, or excuse me, first in um, power play points total. You gave everything that you could have given to this franchise, and they didn't always give it back to you. But I hope when you left the Wells Fargo Center on Thursday night, knowing that that was your final game, that that was the culmination, that presentation pregame was the culmination of what this franchise and fans and city has meant to, to has, you have meant to us because there can only be now one number 28. When we retire that number in 20 years, whatever it may be, you are 28. You are Claude Giroux, and I cannot emphasize enough how much you gave into this team, gave to this team and city for your tenure. And I'm sorry we didn't give you more because we owe you so much more than what you gave. And I hope you recognize that. I think you do because you said the I get the fans, the fans get me mm-hmm. at your post-game press conference. Thank you, Claude. Good luck in Florida. We'll be pulling for you. I know uh, it's weird that we're going to be rooting for a team down in Florida, but I'm rooting for the Florida Panthers. That's mine. Listen, I, I really want them to make the push. I want to see. They're loaded. I want to see them lift the Stanley Cup. I want to see um, in, in in late June, early July, you lift that Stanley Cup in Florida because you deserve it. I wish you did it here in, 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 for the Philadelphia Flyers. I really do. We couldn't do, reciprocate what you gave to us, so we're going to give you that chance now. Good luck in Florida. We'll be polling for you. Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck in your first game, I believe, on next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 109 of Orange and Backcheck. Uh, subscribe to us, as always, at orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. You can send us an email at obacheck on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at obacheck, uh Podcast on Instagram, excuse me. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for everything, Claude.